Alright, hey guys, uh, this is the second one-person podcast I've uh, helmed. I apologize, I guess, for the lack of other people here, but that's just how it worked this time. Uh, Sean is in town, but he decided not to bring his laptop and recording stuff. And John is, uh, as people who follow him on Twitter and stuff know, he's with Emil right now recording videos and stuff. Uh, there's a fridge full of water there, apparently, or cupboard or something. But, um, yeah, I'm going to hold down the fort, kind of talk by myself. Uh, I'll probably be able to look at the chat, get real depressed, and just be like, oh, everybody's leaving. Just joking. Thanks for anybody who showed up today uh, kind of earlier than normal. Um, But, yeah, this is the Top Down Perspective. It's May 12th, 2014. And uh, here we go. Although, man, it's kind of, like, unfortunate timing on one front right away and being, uh, yeah, there's me a few seconds ago. Uh, unfortunate timing in that I finally played Rusty's Real Deal Baseball, one of Sean's favorite games of late, and there's, like, nobody to bounce thoughts about it off of, but I'll just share my experiences here, and we'll see if there's follow-up conversations in the future. Um, so yeah, Rusty's Real Deal Baseball, 3DS, Nintendo game, um, bunch of baseball mini games, but kind of the interesting component to it is buying it is part of the gameplay experience so yeah they, they already detailed it there's this old retired baseball player who is a dog named rusty he owns a sports shop he's got a bunch of kind of sports memorabilia and like just baseball gloves and all this stuff but he realizes kids these days don't care about the baseball they'd rather play video games so he wisely got in on that went to non-tendo got a bunch of mini games made uh, unfortunately, they're not really moving, so he's he's kind of open for bargaining, and that's kind of the whole the whole game is really you shoring up enough donuts and like discount coupons and stuff to help you buy the game, like the mini games at lower prices. Um, hearing about it kind of secondhand from like people who played it, like Sean's elaborate discussion about it, which I kind of just listened to. I, I wasn't there that week. Um, maybe kind of like, what? Like, that's kind of weird. Like, how is that going to, you know, present itself? Like, is it going to be kind of weirdly crass and corporate about it or something? Like, I don't know. Uh, they're like extremely generous with the bargaining. Like there's a puppy that you have with you that basically just gives you all the tips you need to kind of get to the lowest price point. Uh, there's tons of donuts. Like if you play the mini games at all, you are going to be flush with donuts. Like effectively, if you were playing this game, it costs like sixteen dollars, I guess, to get all of it. Although that said, I think I only ended up spending like ten or something because there's like story games, and then there's kind of other games that aren't as integral to the whole thing. Which like that was maybe like one of the few things I took some issue with in that some of the story component games weren't fun at all, really, but one or two like well like specifically there was one bonus game that i played that i thought was really fun it was kind of this i think it might have been the one john was talking about like the fast reaction time one where it's like i think it's called drop and pop or something it's like there's a giant stack of tires and they're they're different colors and like those map to different buttons or directions on the d-pad and you are basically like quickly reacting having to hit these tires off of these dudes or also get crushed by giant tires that was probably my favorite mini game, and it was like the last one I unlocked because it was one of the kind of less important games. And I was like, "Oh man, this is fun!" Like I did every single challenge, did all hundred, did like uh, pretty decent on the 
like the derby mode or whatever where you just kind of play as well as you can kind of a high score thing i thought that game is really fun that is apparently not a core game whereas there was like two games that were very contingent on tilting the 3ds around and i found both of those kind of just less fun like just slower paced and like weirdly harsh with the game over like it's just oh yeah you whiffed you you didn't catch that game over and then it's just like i had one one chance you have one chance at this like it's like catch the ball directly in the center of the screen by like tilting around no you you didn't do it that's just like that's not that's not very fun i don't like i don't know so i feel like the money spent on those two games was kind of less rewarding than that tire game which is i don't know kind of weird but i guess like the story mode of the game is fine like it's kind of just a nice little drama or whatever like there's this dog he owns a store kind of at odds with his wife right now wife right now annunciation um and yeah he's looking after all the kids and all the stuff that was described with like cooking classes and all this stuff maybe it, it gets a it's not as dark as i thought it was based on like sean's early description like the relationship problems are much more kind of g-rated like just nothing too serious going on but it's still, it had a nice kind of melancholy downbeat, like, comb-over dog and his, like, past his prime and all this kind of stuff. Like, there was some fun character quirks in there that made that pretty enjoyable. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess some of the mini games, like, I talked about the tire one. Some of the batting one, like, the core batting one is okay, bat and switch. Um, there's one with fielding where you're kind of just snapping the glove to the left or, like, right or diagonals and whatever to kind of catch a ball at the very last second to get points uh the umpire one was kind of just kind of novel because that is never a mode in any baseball anything where you are the cat like you are the umpire or effectively catcher in some of the things where it's like you need to interpret what that pitch was or whatever which isn't really something an umpire cares about but they kind of just behind the plate stuff uh incorporate both of those things in a way that was kind of neat to see um so yeah it's it it was kind of cool to to play through but i don't know i'm sorry i just switched to the chat so now i'm seeing like does rusty look like the duck hunt dog eat actually now that i'm uh not exactly like he has a bright red nose which was maybe a character design thing i didn't know was like part of it like that i don't think about bright red nose when i think about a dog like it was kind of that was a little weird although weirdly his nose is kind of almost a subplot thing where he needs nose hair trimmers like a couple times as like a gift for the bargaining like it's just like hey you should use this it'll help you out And he's like wow you're right i can breathe so much better how about i knock another 80 cents off that mini game like it i don't know that whole side of the game was kind of cool i do however i'm like i am also curious with john as to like what if you just bought it, like, outright? What if you just paid $4 for every single minigame right out of the gate? Like, what would happen? Because it's just, like, over the course of the story as I played it, like, they're pretty happy that you're buying the games at all. So it's like, oh, you, you gave me a dollar fifty for this one. You know what? You're my best customer. Like, thanks so much. If you just walked in and, like, high roller and just gave them 40 bucks, would it just change the story arc? Because it's just, like damn son we're gonna like upgrade our store right now we got a giant like superstore and i whatever my wife left but i don't even care anymore because i got this giant successful thriving business and like whatever like it's, I, i'm gonna hire a butler like i don't i don't know if they even address that or if it's like they would interrupt you at some point like would the puppy keep popping in and be like 
hey, you really don't need to do that. You should bargain. Look at the items you have. Like, maybe this is kind of, like, you know, you're strongly encouraged to bargain. Like, the game isn't trying to, like, get 40 bucks out of you. They just expect to get, like, 15, 16 bucks out of you or whatever. So, yeah. I, I guess you can, You also can't use your discount coupons beyond a certain point. Like, with, with the tire game, that was one that you can only get with discount coupons. But you can't, like, make it zero. Like, it's just like, ah, I have no, like, interest in these other minigames. So I'm going to use all my coupons on this one. And, I like, you know, I'll pay $4 for that one if I ever decide to buy it. But I probably won't because I'm more curious about this one. Like, there is a hard limit. So it was like, I want half off. Okay, it's at $2. Now I want $2 off. And it's just like, down $2.50. And it's just like, oh, never mind. I will use different coupons that only go down $2.50. And then I'll save my better coupons for later. But I honestly think I'm done with that game. Like, I played the mini games I liked. I might, I might go back and kind of improve some of my scores and stuff or complete more challenges like there are some pretty devious challenges in some of them like like the tire one like got really fast paced but that was actually relatively easy to complete even like the advanced challenges like the batting one there's just weird stuff like the ball just disappears and kind of throws off your timing or like the they're just like fast pitch challenges that are just like insane timing like it's just like really rapid fire hitting and it's just i don't know i got kind of frustrated at some of those so that was that was kind of my time with rusty's real deal but cool cool game overall like i was kind of impressed with uh just them being not gross about selling you stuff as part of the story like it kind of made it just charming in a way that i appreciated like it was it was it was really episodic stuff but like the menu for buying the episodes is part of the game. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how else to really describe it. Like, it'd be like if a Telltale game had, like, a in-game character that sells you stories. It's like, yeah, I found this old journal. It's got all these stories. Something. Like, if they kind of tried to, like, put an extra layer over it and make that part of the narrative, I honestly don't think it would work at all in that context because it would just seem super arbitrary. But in the story about, like, a shop... And that's the st- that's the storyline. Like I don't know, it didn't feel too bad. Um, that game honestly started kind of jogging my like memory, I guess, about weird mini game compilations. So I busted out an old favorite. Uh, no one's here to stop me from talking about it. Work time fun. I I realized like I was going through the PSN store. I was just like, man, like what's some old stuff I should buy? Like I was looking at PS One games, kind of eyeballing the Resident Evil games and stuff. Cause I'm like, eh, and I was like, wait a minute, Work Time Fun is available on this store. Like, I don't have it right here in, like, on my Vita. I should just have that, like, on the memory card, like, all times, whenever I have my Vita around, I also have Work Time Fun. Like, experience the magic for the first time. So, yeah, 10 bucks, got Work Time Fun again. It's, like, 370 megs or something. And jumped into it, like, fresh again. Like, I put, like, 50 hours into it or something on the PSP. Love that game in its own stupid way so yeah that that game i really enjoy the comedic sensibility of that game like basically i don't know if like a lot of people really care about this game but it, it's a d3 published thing over here uh it was baito hell 2000 over in japan i think it was like sony first party it was like japan studio I, i'm pretty sure they also made like trash panic and the last guy on uh on PSN but they haven't made anything in like a while so I hope I hope they're okay or at least I don't know 
what they've made since then. Like I kind of realized I hadn't played the last guy and stuff. I was like, oh, I should go buy that. But um, yeah, I don't know what they've done recently. But anyway, they made this kind of weird mini game compilation where like it just has this really oppressive kind of framework of just you are basically in hell, I guess, because there's just like a demon on the game select screen. And you just need to work forever. You just need to keep earning money to buy more things so you can earn more money to buy more things. Kind of amazing commentary on just consumerism or something. Uh, so you just do these, like, sort of tedious jobs, and you can't win, really. Like, well, some of them you basically can, but at the end of the day, you just get, like, a couple dollars. Like, it's not like you you beat the game credit roll or anything. It's just, no, play minigames forever. Uh, some of them are just incredibly terrible like there's one i can't i can't beat it like i can't do anything worthwhile in it you are a waitress in a restaurant there's like six people usually i guess like i think it's harder at night when you play it but there's like half a dozen customers and they all have like weird synthesized voices and they just start like rapid fire throwing orders at you they're just like i would like indian spaghetti uh, kimchi, sautéed spinach, isn't good, never mind, I want royal coffee, and it just, like, keeps going around the table, and, like, every time the menu seems to be shuffled around a little bit, so, like, you're just trying to keep up, and they keep changing their orders, and just kind of, like, it's, like, in as little time as possible, it gives you, like, as much stress as that situation could be, I guess, like, it's simulated waiter stress of just, like, oh, I screwed up the order, I screwed up, like, a, 10 orders, and she's like, I, I can't beat it, I can't do it, like, I, I'm just gonna not play this minigame, so, there are terrible minigames in it, but that's almost part of the charm, I guess, like, they, like, there's a visual variety to it, like, there's one, I haven't unlocked it yet on this playthrough, but you are a drunken mayor, and you need to cut the ribbon at, like, a ribbon cutting ceremony for something really important, like, uh, we're opening a new, like, uh, sports center or something, you're just, like, drunk at this event, and you have a giant pair of scissors, and if you miss the ribbon, everyone will know you're wasted, and it's like, oh, you're not going to get reelected, so you got to kind of play along. But then that one ends with you having to, like, disable a nuke, or else the city explodes? Like, it's just like, their sense of absurdity is really great to me. Really great to me. And I don't know, just the visual variety and stuff, like I said, like, just like, some of them are polygonal, some of them are stupid demanding of your time. Like, there's one where it's just like, hey, we're all fishing. You you should help haul in the catch. I'll see you in seven hours. And it's just like, oh, okay. And the game just expects you to set down your game, come back in like six hours and 58 minutes, and then help them haul it in. But sometimes when you get there, it's just like, yeah, it's kind of overcast today. Never mind. Uh, just forget about it. Nothing. Zero paycheck. Like, it's just stupid. But uh, I don't know. It is... It's really funny to me. I just enjoy it. And also just like the kind of, I guess, vending machine way you unlock new games. Like I got a bingo caller yesterday that I don't think I ever unlocked in the PSP version despite playing it forever. Like I just write vending machine, right time. Like you basically just press the button and it calls out bingo numbers. So you could run a bingo hall with this game if you wanted. And there's like a little flashlight app for no reason. And I, I don't know. It's uh. It's endearing to me. I, I really like that game. So, yeah. Dumb minigames. And yes, Mario 64 Mario is talking about the pen capping. 
yeah, there's a there's a game where you're just in like a soulless, fluorescently lit factory floor, and there's an infinite line of pens. Like the bottom of the screen has like forty zeros or something. Like it's just like that number is impossibly huge. No human can ever do that. And you just cap pens, and you, like you press X to put a cap on, press circle to move on to the next one, press down or up to like flip the pen if it's upside down. If you cap the bottom, you get a deduction, dude. That's not what the company wants. So, yeah, it's just capping pens. I did, like, 500 pens the other day. I guess, yeah, I was playing this game at work, which just seemed to put, like, an extra level of weird, like, just, I don't know. Like, I I don't dislike my job. It's like, oh, it's a soulless job. It's just, like, funny to be playing work games at work and, like, earning fake money while I'm earning real money. Like, it was just, like... I don't know. I was just like smiling. I was just like, this is so dumb. Like, this is the dumbest thing to play here. But it's like perfect for that kind of setting too. Cause it's just like, there are times where I'm like, all right, I'm done on the computer for now, but something else is happening in like half an hour, but half an hour, perfect time to jump in some dumb mini games. So work time fun is back. And yeah, I'm on unlocking stuff again. And yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. 10 bucks PSN. It won't take up much space, memory card, whatever. Um, that's honestly all I've been playing this week. Like, there, there's a handful of Wii games I've been looking at. Like, I'm just like, I should jump to some Punch-Out or give Metroid Prime 3 another go. Or uh, I got Wonderful 101. It actually arrived. But um, I don't know. I was just... And, uh, like, I guess the Sir's Wrath began from last week. Like, I just haven't jumped back in on that. I've been watching a lot of just regular television, not angry, six-armed dude, punching stuff kind of experience. So, you know, not to say that one's better than the other or anything, but... uh. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably marathon the rest of that in kind of one sitting or something at some point. But yeah, that's it. That's it for games I played. So I'm going to move on to the news. Uh, Sean kind of had a lineup of stories. I guess I also had like a couple I noticed were happening that I'm going to kick off with. Um, I just saw it. I just read it kind of was talking about this. Um, EA, I guess, is shutting down a bunch of their online service for like uh, a variety of classic titles. Most notably, I suppose, was um, there's this Yahtzee game on iOS. Just joking. It's facetious. Uh, Battlefields. All the Battlefields from years past, like 2142, 1942, Vietnam. That whole lineup of classic kind of Battlefield dice stuff is shutting down as of June 30th. Um, I honestly haven't played them in probably like nine years or something was the last time I booted any of those. But it's still just kind of weird to be like, oh, yeah, that experience I had, like, in high school or whatever, like, playing those, that just won't, that won't exist anymore. You can't do that anymore. That activity is no longer viable. Uh, The Battlefront games are on there, too. I know a lot of people feel really strongly about those, kind of for similar reasons. Like, it's very kind of Battlefield-esque experience, but, you know, Star Wars. Um, there, There was kind of similar stuff, too. Lords of Ultima, I think, is a bit after that, so... Yeah, on on the EA website, there's just a big list of games that are going to be kind of decommissioned in the relatively near future. So, I don't know. Check the list. Maybe some of your favorites on there. That kind of sucks, right? So, yeah, that that was kind of a bit of a wake-up call, I guess, as to how much time has passed, you know? It, not, not saying, like, oh, you need to keep these online forever. That's your pact with your customers. Like, at some point, it obviously doesn't make sense to keep a like 15 year old game online forever 15 is a bit much it was 1999 but 13 years i guess maybe somewhere around there like kind of weird but that's the thing that's happening 
Um, elsewhere, this is kind of the lineup of stories uh, that was prepped here. Um, Drive Club. I don't know if you guys remember the Drive Club that was kind of meant to be a PlayStation 4 launch thing. Uh, it was going to be kind of simulation-style racing type stuff, but, like, online, like, only a digitally distributed game. Uh, there was kind of some PlayStation Plus hooks and whatever. I guess there was a bit of controversy in the last week when they kind of announced their some of their p- pricing plan stuff. Like, essentially, the game was going to be, like, free to try, and then you could kind of upgrade to, like, the full retail experience for about 50 bucks. However, there was a catch you also needed to be a PlayStation Plus subscriber or else your game disappeared, even if you upgraded. Like, it would be like, you bought the game for $50, but you need to be subscribed forever in order to continue to play it. Where, like, I guess people noticed that that was in there and they're just like, what What are you talking about? Like, I'm buying the game. That should be mine. So they've amended that. Um, The crisis has been averted by outrage yet again. And if you buy the game, it's yours. Like, you can just play Drive Club. I honestly don't know if you want to be doing that anyway. I haven't, I haven't seen Drive Club, but you know, I guess if you like racing, if you like kind of Gran Turismo esque stuff, this looked kind of like that. But I, I am not kind of a more serious racing game aficionado. So, yeah, yeah, that that's that that's a thing that kind of happened, freaked out people, and then moved on. Um, Nintendo stories. We got three of them. I'm going to start with the big one, I guess. I Like, this was so big, I heard about it. Like, just sitting on Twitter or whatever. Like, this is one of the stories that made waves there. Um, so, the Pokemon. Some years ago, I, I believe, don't don't hurt me. These were the GBA era ones. I, Gen 3, I think is what people were saying. So, Ruby and Sapphire are getting remade for the 3DS. And I, I kind of, I, I was okay with the titles. Omega Ruby. And Alpha Sapphire. Alpha and Omega. That's, not, you know, huge. Um, according to the internet, like, just grouching, uh, there's some underwater stuff in this one, I guess? I, you guys know better than I do. But hey, they're, they're, they continue to remake past Pokemon games with new Pokemon engines. And November 2014, get your, get your Pokemon on. Uh, I will probably be playing an older one at that point to kind of just see finally quell some outrage about me not having experienced that series properly or whatever i still don't know where my copy of heart gold is but i guess i'll just have to move on without poke walker stuff which is kind of too bad but yeah new pokemon stuff announced um this this was a really brief story that's here on kotaku but sounds totally plausible to me uh you know skylanders and like Disney Infinity, like the kind of toy-based video game stuff where you kind of set up a little portal in front of your game console, put a toy on it, then it's time to kind of jump in and play around with kind of that stuff. Uh, Nintendo looks like they're going to be getting into that sort of thing. I, how do they phrase it in this story? Let me just see here. I, I, I kind of paraphrase it as some Skylander-esque toy-based stuff, but... um. Real toys to its video games. Uh, we use NFC, near-field communication capabilities. Uh, spoke briefly about its plans for uh, that kind of stuff. Nintendo figure platform. Uh, full reveal is planned for E3. So I guess this is this is still kind of not like publicly unveiled to be like, hey, look at how cool this looks. So there's kind of just, this is a thing that will happen. Investors know about it. 
Um, yeah, you put a Mario figurine or Zelda or something, and there you go. I don't know what kind of context the games will be like. Like, like, will it just be like mini game compilations, or just like if you have this figure, will some sort of other outfit get unlocked in like Smash Brothers or something, or like. You know, they did say it kind of crosses platforms from, like, 3DS, Wii U, both of them can kind of do stuff, so I guess if you have the toy, you can kind of enhance your game experience, maybe. Maybe there's hooks for this kind of stuff in games already, and we'll kind of see it come to fruition later. I don't know. Honestly, this feels kind of like stuff that is outside of my demographic, of just like, oh, I, I don't, I don't want to collect toys and figurines, but... Like, Nintendo has built up a roster of kind of lovable characters and whatever, so it makes sense for them to do this. Like, if I, I was 10 right now, this would probably be something I get into, but um, yeah, I kind of, I kind of just like the games. Like, I'll probably be playing the Mario Kart, but I, I don't really want to have to go buy a Bowser toy to then get like spiky tires on my cart or something. Like, I, I don't. Again, I don't know if that's what's actually their plan for this, or you can get alternate horns or something, like different kinds of farts for Wario. I don't know. I don't think that's. I hope they have more elaborate plans than that. That's kind of why they're doing it, but. Yeah, Nintendo doing some stuff with toys. I guess, I guess Infinite, Infinity must have done well then. I don't. Yeah, that that market continues to grow. Uh, speaking of markets, uh, China. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to any box office news lately, but China is where money is. Like Amazing Spider-Man, not doing so good over here. Doesn't matter. China likes it. Hundreds of millions of dollars. It's fine. Um, Looper, they kind of altered stuff to make it more China friendly like it is a thing that has been happening for a while China's a big market and Nintendo's looking over there too they're kind of like we're gonna we got some business plans for China again I don't know what that's gonna entail like I don't know if, like how they're gonna crack into there but Nintendo knows there's money there and I guess I, I again I saw a story kind of just out of the corner of my eye about this is like the third year of losses for Nintendo like Wii U sales continue to be bad and stuff so China money's money let's let's go over there and, okay, this last story here was kind of big, but also I was just kind of nodding with, like, yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um, This is on Kotaku. More signs that a big Xbox One leak was real. So, I guess on NeoGAF, popular forum, uh, there was a dude with a really dumb username. Apologies to N-T-K-R-N-L. N-T-Kernel? I'll go with that. Um, he kind of made a bunch of kind of insidery proclamations about stuff. One of them was concerning Sunset Overdrive, which is the new Insomniac Games kind of multicolor, like it's a very colorful trailer, uh, but it's some sort of action game. Uh, he's talking about there's this energy drink in it, Overcharge XT, giant corporations turning people to monsters, you need to drink this drink. I guess this was stuff that wasn't explicitly said other, like, there was a little reveal trailer last year, but there was nothing kind of spelled out about this game. Uh, Insomniac subsequently released some information about the game that validated that those claims by NT Kernel. So now people are looking at, like, the rest of the list of stuff he said and kind of like, whoa, stuff might happen. And up to that point in the story, I was like, oh, interesting, what kind of other stuff? And then when I read the stuff, it's like, yeah, all of that stuff is probably going to happen. Like, this isn't that crazy to me, but Halo 2 popular multi-million selling title is going to get an anniversary edition. They're going to re-release super popular Halo title. Yeah, of course they will. Like, that'll probably happen. Like, they did it before with Halo Combat Evolved, so they're going to remake another Halo game. Uh, there's a white Xbox One on the way. 
different colored Xbox One. I know. I know. So exciting. This this next one, actually, I I have not played Forza Horizon, but there's some sort of follow-up plan to Forza Horizon. I do remember that game was well-liked, though, so that also kind of makes sense. Like It's like, this well-regarded racing game we made, we're going to make another one of those. It's like, okay, yeah, you should do that. I guess more kind of long-tail stuff, though, was a Platinum game for Xbox One in, like, 2016 and Halo 5 2015. But again, there was already a trailer for Halo 5. Like, he had... Remember, he had a, like, cloak over his helmet. No idea why, other than to conceal his identity until the very end of the trailer. I hated that trailer. It was so dumb. But, yeah. Nintendo, like, or Nintendo. Microsoft kind of teasing some stuff inadvertently rumors probably going to come to pass but um yeah there you go that's honestly all i had for news so emails i don't i don't i don't say it right john's not here it's just me uh i guess i appreciate everybody sending questions i apologize again if it's like oh man i really wanted sean's take on this one or john like this one specifically says john in the question and here's nathan answering it what's that about uh, yeah, it's just me, so I'm going to do my best to answer some of these questions. Some of them are franchises and stuff I don't know about, so, you know, bear that in mind. But, hey, maybe maybe we'll run some of these by uh, the guys next week. But, um, okay, first question here, well, first batch of questions. Uh, it's from Michael Jacobs on Twitter. Uh, if you could be any animal from a video game, which would you be? As people can answer in the chat or something, too, if, if you, an animal springs to mind, but... If I could be any animal in a video game, I'm trying to like you know it's like Rusty. No, he's a he's a dog. He's kind of sad. Well, you know he you know over the course of that game maybe he becomes less sad. Maybe spoilers. Uh, I was thinking hedgehogs. You know they're popular. I, I was also thinking about like weird anthropomorphic stuff. Like can I be the dude from like an Elysian tale? Is that okay? Like, you know, get a little freaky, become like kind of a fox man. Or I guess tails, he's got like two tails. That's pretty, cra- that's pretty crazy. Chidna, or Kidna. I, I'm just thinking of Sonic stuff at this point. They've kind of just made animals their thing. And I'm just thinking about like, obviously Animal Crossing. It's like Tom Nook, he's like a kingpin. There you go, I'm going to stick with that. Be a like raccoon shopkeeper. I, I would be Tom Nook. That's who I would be. Um, next question, what is a game you can play no matter what? Funny you ask. I, like, it's kind of perfect timing. Like, I saw this question, I was like, oh, work time fun. Like, here we are, ten years later. I, I'm thrilled to be jumping back into that game. Like, I, yes, I have to unlock everything again, but it's kind of just like, oh, yeah, this stupid game. Like, it's just, it's fun to see that again. And, like, like, the weird graphical style they went with, like, it just kind of on purpose looks shitty sometimes. Like, it just kind of doesn't matter like it's on it's a psp game but it's on the vita screen like it just it looks like dumb mini games i guess in a similar way like probably some of the WarioWare stuff like that kind of just fast-paced eclectic looking nonsense like i can play that any day uh and then kind of old standby super mario world up to this point has always been pretty entertaining and reliable um i should probably get that on portable at some point like just kind of have that on me like, I've, I've always just kind of gone back to the Super Nintendo to play that, but I know they've re-released it multiple times. So, I guess I could totally do that. So, yeah, Classic Mario titles, uh, weird mini-games. Those are kind of my jams. Um, Man, this dude in the chat really doesn't like Google+. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay, next question, uh, also from Michael. Um, would you go to the Smash Fest at Best Buy? I think we touched on it last week, but uh, yeah, Nintendo announced that as part of their kind of E3 stuff, they're going to have Smash Brothers at Best Buy locations all around. I don't know if that includes local Best Buys. Um, I guess I'm like I I'm I'm not going to E3 this year. Like I did the last two years, but this year, like just kind of after a eh, experience last year, both at that and PAX, like I just kind of feel like I don't know what my role is at a show like that. Like I don't really have a mission when I go there. It's also kind of expensive, and this year we're moving around that same time, so it's just not a good idea. Um, I'm sure John will be going though. I'm assuming anyway. I don't. I don't want to speak for him. But um, like I guess since I'll be hanging around here and just kind of watching E3 stuff unfold the old-fashioned way of just getting up to watch stuff live streamed and whatnot, um, which I'm assuming is an experience that has improved a lot over the years in terms of getting like really immediate access to all that stuff. Um, yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll go like check out a local Best Buy and just kind of get a look at it. Like I'm not like fiending for a new Smash Brothers exactly. Like I guess maybe I am a little curious now in light of that Smash Brothers documentary I watched to see like is it fast paced? Like what what kind of gameplay flow is this one gonna have? Because like watching Brawl compared to Melee like in that kind of side by side in that in that YouTube series was just like oh wow it is so slow. Like, just Meta Knight's, like, slowly kind of floating around. Like, this is just weird. I, like, as a casual enjoyer of those games, like, I'd never really noticed that pace difference. But, yeah, th- this time around, I'll, I'll be able to kind of pay more attention to that. So, yeah, it, it's possible I'll stop by a local local place and check that out. Again, if it's available here, I guess I can check the website. Um... Although, yeah, like some people saying, why don't you just release a demo on like Wii U? Like, why don't you just release something on the eShop? Like, that's, you know, that would be way more convenient. Like, it's like, hey, it, I would totally download a Smash Brothers demo. Like, if that was a painless experience. But, you know, I guess travel to Best Buy. Like, th- there's one downtown. And, like, that's kind of just a good shopping area. So maybe just roll that into a, a day of activities. Like, go get some poutine or something. Canada. Uh, and last question from Michael. Would you like to be in John's Skype call when he streams? Uh, I don't I don't know. Like, that dude seems to be streaming a lot, so that's not entirely unfeasible, but I don't, I don't know. Like, that sounds like kind of a chaotic experience, maybe? Like, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it, if he wants that, he could invite me, but I'm also kind of working more than in years past, so... I don't know. It's not. It's not something I've really consciously thought about much. But uh, that dude's kind of got his thing, and I don't want to kind of step on toes or whatever. Like, yeah. So I don't know. Uh, next question from Twitter: Enag Seven, are you going to Odafest this weekend? Any plans to meet fans if you do go? I guess yeah. Odafest uh, here in Calgary. That's our local kind of anime festival. Uh, I went a couple years ago. Uh, Andrea Libman was there. That was kind of at the peak of that whole pony fascination. First season, the best man. I know they renounced season five, but I'm just not feeling it anymore, dude. I don't wear those shirts anymore either. I got Ravio. It's my replacement, vibrantly colored shirt. Um, so Odafest this weekend. Like nowadays, I work Friday, Saturday, so those two days are out. Um, Sunday is a possibility. Like Brittany and I have definitely talked about. Like, hey, do you want to just stop by the thing, kind of check out, just you know the show floor, I guess, and maybe stop by a panel, watch some 
FMVs or something. But yeah, there's only like a one day window where that is even possible for me this year. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Like Godzilla comes out that weekend, and I wouldn't have been able to see it the previous two days. So we were kind of making some preliminary plans for Sunday being the day, but maybe I'll push it to Monday and go to the OdaFest. I, I don't know. Um, it, it, I guess if we do meeting fans, like, I don't know, like that's, that's not something I've ever really done outside of like PAX or something. There's been people who are like, oh, you actually know about our podcast. Okay. Like, I don't know how to really deal with that, but cool. Like, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know if John's going, he, he definitely was there quite a bit the two years ago when I was, uh, when I stopped by there for like, I, I went for the whole thing one time. Though I slept through most of one day, which was unfortunate. I missed uh, a panel I was looking forward to. But, um, yeah, I, I might go for one day. I don't know if John's going for the whole thing. But, uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, Oni writes in, are there any games that you go to play but never finish? So games I kind of keep going back to maybe that I just can't bring myself to get through the whole thing? Hmm... There's definitely games I feel kind of bad that I never got into them, like Valkyria Chronicles. I remember I I like paid eighty dollars for that game because I was under the impression it was gonna be like rare. I was like, oh dip, no one cares about this. Also, there was a kind of oh vice from Skies of Arcadia is in it. Like that's a crossover to something you cared about a lot in the GameCube era. Like you should you should get in on that. And I don't know, it was kind of uh, <laughs> kind of weird to like see that fizzle out or whatever um like that interest in that game fizzle out like it was just like oh it's like a strategy heavy rpg like i just kind of wasn't in the mood for that at that time and i just kind of haven't gone back to it but it's like no it's a game like i've I've heard is cool i wanted to play at one time and it just kind of missed i missed the boat on that so i still have it i i could play it but yeah i don't know that that's kind of that's one uh i guess final fantasy tactics in a similar way like a lot of tactical rpgs I've kind of dabbled with and then just kind of moved on. Like, just like it, Tactics Advance was the one I put like 20 hours into and eventually just kind of st- lost interest in that too. Like, there was just nothing narratively pulling me into it. And I was just like, yeah, the battles are kind of interesting, but they're also kind of frustrating sometimes. Like, I, I just wasn't enamored with that stuff. So, I guess a lot of Japanese RPG type stuff that's like extremely long games that I get kind of dubious about the narrative payoff at some point in some of them. So, yeah, I guess I'm a little flaky when it comes to those. I, I, I guess, yeah, like a dozen-hour campaign, like that's just easy to get through. That's not that a big deal. But once you start bumping that number up by like two or three times, it's like, yeah, it's like 46 hours. It's like, ah, it's, that's a lot of time. That's a lot of time. So, yeah, there's a handful of games. Like, uh, yeah, there's there's a good handful of Japanese RPG-type stuff that I played but never really got all the way through. Uh, Allison has a handful of questions. Um, with the new Pokemon Gems coming out, I think that's an intentional typo. You know, it, you know, there you go. Uh, coming out in November, are any of you excited? What other games are you excited for? Um, I don't. I am personally, I like, I, I don't really have too much interest personally. Like, I haven't played a lot of those games, as you know. Um, I, I don't know what Sean's read on those games was exactly. Like, he, he typically plays the annual Pokemon release. Um, I'm kind of wondering what his, what his feelings were on like Sapphire and Ruby specifically. Like if that's something he was really, really looking forward to. 
Um, what games am I excited for later this year? Uh, I kind of we kind of brought it up before, but Arkham Knight is probably something I'm going to check out. Um, man, like the, there's just kind of a bit of a like a dearth of stuff I'm like fiending for, you know? Like there there's games I'll check out. Like I want to check out Smash Brothers. Want to check out uh, Mario Kart? That's pretty soon though. Not as soon as I thought though. I thought it was coming out like next week or this week, but it's the thirtieth now, so kind of a bit of a wait there but um man yeah like other stuff grand theft auto 5 on pc that would probably be pretty cool if that happened uh i'll i'd gladly check that game out again um game of the year last year so that wouldn't be too bad um if they ever make another zero escape game but that's not a thing that's announced or even in development necessarily so i don't know why i would bring that up uh (laughs) Yeah, that like personally I'm kind of enjoying going back. Like it's like there's kind of this this weird gap right now in terms of like the current generation like the generation that's ha- like PS4, Xbox One stuff, like that hasn't kicked into overdrive yet and the last gen's kind of fizzling out. So it's a sweet time to just kind of catch up on stuff, play old favorites, just kind of like like I want to play Haze, I want to play Metroid, Punch-Out, like just kind of Stuff I enjoyed last time, but I didn't get to, like, devote a lot of time to, or, like, stuff I thought was curious, but, like, didn't check out, like, Bulletstorm, for example. Like, I am enjoying video games right now, but just kind of, like, now there's kind of, the book is closed on the last generation, and I'd be like, what were some things that stood out that I didn't get to look at personally? That's kind of the experience I'm having now, and I love playing old games, like, going back and kind of getting some firsthand stuff with stuff I'd heard about on podcasts and stuff over the years or kind of impressions out there. Like now I can kind of have some time to catch up on that. Like maybe some of the, some of the Suda stuff that I missed, like I never finished shadows of the damned. I never finished lollipop chainsaw. Like I, I kind of flaked out halfway through no more heroes too. Like maybe kind of go check out that stuff or, Oh man, what was that? There was another game that came out last year. It was like that weird kind of, you're this hit man. There's this weird flirting mini game that people hated. I played at E3. I'm sure people know what I'm talking about, but I apologize. The name's just not in my brain right now. Um, now I'm thinking Metal Gear Rising, like I didn't finish that. So yeah, like there's catch-up time. So I'm looking forward to playing a lot of games, not so much ones that are coming out this year necessarily. Um, longer term than that, though, I don't think it's this year, but uh, I am actually pretty interested in Quantum Break. Like of the next-gen stuff that's been announced, that is one that's just like, I like going back last year. Like I played all the Alan Wake stuff, and I was kind of just like, "Man, th- th- this this is great stuff." Like Remedy does some really cool stuff. I'm I want to see what they're doing next time. So like, even though I'm you know anecdotally PS4 is just kind of a more enjoyable machine for whatever reason. Like Xbox One currently has the software that is piquing my interest a little more. Like that they have uh, Swery's next game, which is Connect based thing, which could be super crazy. And, like, Dead Rising 3 is already on that thing. So, they got some stuff I'm kind of more curious about than just, like, hey, we got some more Naughty Dog stuff. We got Infamous. Like, it's just, like, eh. Like, there's, you know, Killzone. Like, I don't care about those franchises. So, I'm good. And that just by saying all that, though, talking about that stuff, like, I was reminded about, we talked about last week, the most expensive game ever. Bungie's new thing. It's coming out. Destiny. Took me a second. I was like... What the hell was that called? Um, I might check that out. Like, I, I like some Halo stuff those guys did, so maybe that'll be uh, worth looking forward to. Again, I don't have, like, first-hand knowledge. Oh, also that Lord of the Rings game. I keep bringing it out. Lord of the Rings Assassin's Creed. 
kind of look forward to that. Um, Allison also writes in, I hate spring and summer because I get hornet's nests outside my window and deal with bugs a lot. That sounds terrible. <laughs> so that specific thing, I get it. But it's like, hey, you guys like spring or summer? Yeah, I, I've, I've never had to deal with hornet's nests. I guess the one bugs-related thing, though, like, it seemed to be annually for a little bit. Come April, ants. Like, just ants. In two different places, ants would just kind of show up in the house. And that, hate that. Like, that's, like, nightmare-inducing stuff for me. Like, I'll just have dreams about ants and spiders and stuff at some point, And I'm sure it's kind of encouraged by experiences like that. So, I don't hate those seasons. But, oh, okay. Sorry, I just, I opened the chat again. Uh, Killer is Dead is the pseudo game I was referring to earlier. But yes, I don't I don't hate those seasons, but I do hate those things about them. Um, but honestly, we're in a basement apartment right now. Like I like I said, we're moving. But as of right now, like over the winter, it was crazy cold down here. So come warmer seasons, that doesn't happen. So, like it's not like you need to bundle up with a blanket and like slippers, and you need to drink hot chocolate just to live. Like this this time of year is a little bit better on that kind of stuff. So. I do enjoy spring and summer. However, I found out yesterday, the the hours at the library change come spring and summer. Like, come next Sunday when I go to pick up a new batch of Sydney Lumet movies, I can't get them because they, they don't open. Like, today, last time they opened at noon, and I was able to go in there and get Death Trap, you know, pick up some Pawn Broker, 12 Angry Men, you know, like all the classics. And now I, now I can't do that. So my weekly library ritual that I just established is going to be thrown off. So... You're right. Springtime sucks. Uh, no, I, I don't know. Like I don't. <laughs> of the four seasons available, those are some of the best ones. I know there's only four. I also like fall. Winter sucks, especially here because it never ends. It was snowing like last week. Um, I'm almost at graduation time, and I'm stressed due to final touches on classwork. How was your end of high school years? <sighs> I guess. The end of my high school time actually was pretty cool because it just seemed like the world started opening up in terms of, like, I finally got a driver's license. I finally had a little bit of walking around money just from, like, I finally had a part-time job and stuff. Like, yeah, that like just kind of going out for lunch with some peers. Like, that was kind of a thing that started happening in high school. Also, going to terrible movies with peers, like Firewall, which is a terrible movie, but I kind of made that happen. I was like, hey, we should go on like a big group thing, go to see Firewall. It's got Harrison Ford. Terrible. That was terrible. Um, <laughs> so I apologize to that group for making that event happen. But um, generally speaking, like there was also this cool little sandwich place. So yeah, I guess in terms of like the actual classwork, uh, kind of stayed more or less the same. There's kind of more tests, like more kind of big grade percentage tests that needed to happen but outside of math which was dogging me like throughout high school like I wasn't too nervous about any of those and I passed that math one thanks to like a lot of over like after school tutoring and stuff that happened in this oh man weird weird thing that just kind of happened like I borrowed a CD with like mini games essentially like math related learning stuff on them for over the summer and I was supposed to bring it back but I just kind of forgot about it, and then no one kind of brought it up again, so I just ended up inadvertently stealing this math CD, and I felt really guilty about it for a while, and then eventually realized, like, if it mattered, I would have gotten, like, at least an uh, indication that's like, hey, where's that? Like, I, I don't know. I, eventually, just kind of that guilt faded away, 
yeah, inadvertently stealing from teachers, dude. It's crazy. I know, I'm such a rebel. I I had a pretty docile, like, insulated, very safe high school experience. So, sorry if those stories are pretty boring, but yeah. Well, there was one time I almost backed the van into a church, like, front, because I just jumped out. And the, the, you know, it was in reverse and the brake was, you know, it's pretty crazy. I, I jumped back in and stopped it. Nothing happened. See, that's, that's the boring ending to the story. It's like, if it's like I plowed through the foyer of a church, that would be crazy. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. Like, it just was like, yeah, the vehicle lurched and I stopped it. Not, not exciting. So that's my life. Safety. Uh, final question from uh, Allison. Still, yeah. Still Allison's questions. Are there any movies or television shows you watch as a guilty pleasure? So not shows I'm proud for watching. Mm. Honestly, like, watching Hannibal more and more, it becomes, like, harder and harder to justify what it is I like about that show because it's, like, so perverse in its, like, attitude about killing. Like, it's just, like, the most theatrical serial killers in the land are all in this area and they're doing horrible things to people. And you can tune in every single week to see new carnage. And it's just like, there's not a lot, like, redeemable about this show in terms of, like, moral lessons or, like, relatability to our lives. Like, it's kind of just this gross little thing. Like, like Hannibal as a character, like, really the last episode of the season I saw, season, t- like, 2, episode 10, like, just, like kind of reveals how devious he's been being this whole time, like, just kind of quietly corrupting everyone that comes through his office. Like, it was kind of just this, like, feeling of just, like, oh! Like, outside of really messed up Korean thrillers, like, I Saw the Devil and stuff, I haven't had that kind of, like, this person is, like, so gross, but so good at it. Like, they're just so charismatic about it that I am, like repulsed but also really impressed like it's just kind of this juggling of kind of emotions so that show has become kind of incredibly dark and gross but really well made and well acted and all that stuff so i still really like it and i still tell people like hey this shows i i like it but yeah it's starting to become more kind of like spectacle of the week kind of thing not like uh oh no you need to check this out this is important so yeah, wow, there's some arguing happening in the chat. Again, I kind of periodically check in. Um, all right. <laughs> thanks thanks for coming by, guys. Um, we're almost done. Don't don't be too upset. Uh, moving on to the next questions. Uh, the Jazzy Carat. Carrot? It, it's got a K, so I guess, like, diamonds, carrots. Um, this is an email, actually, and uh, new listener. So, like, hi, guys. I'm a pretty new listener. Thank you for uh, coming by. And I'm a huge Fire Emblem fan. My question is, do you think that Marth will finally have an English voice in the new Smash Brothers games? I think so, because he has finally appeared in a main Fire Emblem game outside of Japan. Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon in 2008-2009. But then again, Lucas had an English voice, even though Mother 3 wasn't, and probably will never will be released outside of Japan. I just wanted to know your thoughts on the subject. Keep up the great work uh, from Jazz. Okay, there's a Jazz. But yeah, there's, there's a name in there, too. Uh, again, I'm not I'm not the Fire Emblem expert. I kind of that was one of those games I started playing like back in the GBA era and just kind of didn't didn't really get hooked by it. But um, in terms of just kind of the the outline here, like I guess that makes sense for kind of the reasons you outlined that they would kind of give him a little more like 
relatable character for English audiences now that people actually know who he is firsthand, not like kind of, who's this? He's from Fire Emblem. What's that? It's coming out soon. And it's just like, oh, okay. Like back when Melee came out. Um, I guess this would probably be a good question to run by the guys who have actually played the latest Fire Emblem stuff and are more keenly invested in that series. But um, it's possible. Sorry that I don't have a more kind of like opinionated answer on that. But uh, yeah, Marth could well have English lines in the new Smash Brothers just to kind of make him more like th- that series kind of matters more now over here. So maybe that would kind of make that more appealing for people. Um, and I guess, yeah, 2008, 2009, like, Brawl was already kind of around, so this is the first one since that change for his character. So, okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, you kind of, like, set, like, laid out a pretty good scenario for why that would happen in the questions. So, you're right. Good job. Homework. Um, and, yeah, th- thanks for listening. Uh, podcasts, they're huge, you know, kind of commitments, giant hour-long things of just a guy sitting on a couch. Oh, we should end this soon. Okay, uh, Juker writes in with the last question uh, of the week that I was able to gather. Maybe there was one in the last five minutes. I apologize. We'll throw it to next week with a kind of hopefully more diverse question-answering section because there's multiple people. Uh, I've been holding off on playing Deadly Premonition Director's Cut for a while. Uh, your thoughts compared to the original? Man, I should have ordered these differently because I have not played the Director's Cut version because I played the 361 uh once to completion and then like two-thirds of it again so i kind of got my fill in like 2010 and then 2011 ish and then i i i have the director's cut on pc i heard like i was kind of looking at the ps3 version when that was about to come out but then i heard there was like some frame rate issues and stuff so i held off on doing that um in terms of like the extra content and stuff like i heard there's some more stuff in there so i'm curious about looking at it but I honestly have not seen it firsthand myself, so I feel totally fine with my purchase of the Director's Cut on PC. Uh, Hopefully it runs well and everything. I guess I can find out. But um, I I guess I'm thinking, like, replaying games, like, even games I really like, like, it's just kind of... The the one kind of other media I've been able to compare it to is, like, rewatching an entire television series because it's, like, almost the same time commitment. Like, it's, like... I really like Twin Peaks, just, you know, for the Deadly Premonition comparison. Like, I watched it in 2011 slash 2012. really dug it. But it's only been, like, two years. Like, I don't need to go back and see that entire story play out again. Like, that whole mystery. Like, I, you know, I've consciously thought about it since then. But that hasn't been a thing. Like, I'm, or, all right, I'm going to set aside all this other stuff I'm doing to revisit this experience. Like, you know, I'm, I'm glad I have that experience to go back to when I want to, and I'm sure I will at some point. Like, it'll be, like, a year or two down the road. I'll just be like, man, I'm going to play Deadly Premonition again. I remember how much I liked that. Like, you know, maybe five-year anniversary. We'll do it next year or something. But, yeah, I, I haven't personally been drawn back to doing that because I think partially in the back of my mind, like, next time I do it, I want to do, like, all of it. Like, I almost collected all of the collectibles and stuff the first time through, but then kind of petered out on that like i was gonna get all the achievements and stuff i ended up kind of falling short of that um i guess but again i guess then on pc like i don't have that kind of compulsion to do achievement stuff anymore like the lust is gone so i'll probably just enjoy it when i want to so yeah so i can't really compare it to the original for you i i know there are some kind of technical differences between the pc version like the ps3 version and the 360 version um that might kind of 
at least just that kind of secondhand knowledge lead me to kind of point at the PC version as maybe being preferable, even though, like, even if the port is kind of wonky, which I'm not sure if it is, but that is a typical thing that happens with small PC publishers, like, maybe just the community is pretty passionate for that game. I'm sure there's, like, fixes and stuff that could make that a pretty stable, good-looking experience, at least in terms of, like, how well Deadly Premonition could possibly look, because I love that game. Some of those textures pretty dated but doesn't matter because that game has so much character and heart um and that's kind of where it made up for it so yeah like i guess uh, i am more keenly looking at deadly permission director's cut as opposed to like actually playing spy fiction or like investing in a new ex- like system and connect and stuff to see his next game with like sight unseen like I am still not sure if Swery, like, Deadly Permission might have been a bit of a fluke. Like, he seems like a very enthusiastic dude, so I'm sure, like, some of that is just purely, like, that dude is cool in that way, but there's some rough edges that are hard to excuse, and because of the, the kind of Twin Peaks layer on top of that, the kind of David Lynch-esque stuff, the constant movie references and stuff, like, that was so narrowly targeted at just like this niche appreciation thing that i was so excited that like this game seemed like it was talking directly to me like it was just like making really weird movie references to kind of minor stuff in a way that didn't feel like oh well yeah it's just doing referential stuff like it's just like no that is a weirdly specific thing to appreciate about that thing like i think they brought blue thunder and like american werewolf in london stuff but like dvd features and like killer tomatoes like just like weird things that fit the character in a way that made me just kind of be like this is a great avatar for me to have in this world because like i would constantly like if i was an investigator i would constantly be having to compare it to like movie stuff too because that's just how i see the world so that was kind of an extra sweetness there um so yeah like outside of that kind of really narrow thing i don't know if swery's design ethics would translate into something better um but yeah sorry i've been rambling enough uh I don't feel bad about buying it. I don't know firsthand, like, how it is. So, sorry, I couldn't kind of uh, answer that authoritatively. But kind of, you know, was able to spin my tires for a bit. Anyway, uh, that's it for uh, questions this week. So, uh, at TDP Podcast on Twitter, that's a good way. That's where a lot of this week's came from. Uh, Top Time Perspective on Facebook. We have a group there. Uh, there's been kind of a steady liking happening over there, so that's cool. Um, reviewing on iTunes is always much appreciated for reasons that we've kind of belabored a lot on this podcast, but, um, we don't seem to be on, like, the, the chart for video game stuff, which always kind of dismays me a little bit, because as we've discussed, like, there's some podcasts on there that just seem really weird, like, seven-year-old podcasts about Java games. Strange. Like, I don't get it. Like, we're kind of routinely doing new stuff like we definitely have gotten some reviews i've seen that review number go up over the last uh, couple weeks so i appreciate everyone who's doing that um yeah like thank you guys for listening and everything even when uh the whole team isn't here uh and sorry i I believe i forgot the actual email which is what this section is occasionally called uh top down perspective at gmail.com is another way of uh getting us questions that's where uh, jazzy sent his and thanks again for stopping by um, I guess game of the week, I will just nominate my one game of the two games I played that I thought was more impressive. Um, well, that's kind of unfair. It's like a, th- a thing that's near and dear to my heart versus a new thing that I thought was cool. So, because no one's here to stop me, 
And despite kind of some of the things I said that were very glowing about work time fun, I will give it to Rusty's Real Deal Baseball for making buying the game part of the game in a way that was actually endearing. Like, I've, that's kind of a, that's a feat right there. So, Rusty's Real Deal Baseball, it is free to kind of see what it is on the 3DS, and then little by little, you kind of buy into it a little bit more, and that's kind of part of the experience. So, yeah. And man, if any of our listeners are just high rollers, they got 40 bucks, they want to see what happens if you just buy that game outright uh, and report back with kind of what the hell happens, uh, that would be much appreciated. But again, that is like a $24 experiment, essentially that I don't expect anyone to embark upon. Maybe someone has already done that somewhere on the internet and I could check, check it out, but I want some first-hand reporting if anyone is willing to do that. Uh, that would be neat, but at the same time, it might kind of ruin the game. I, I don't know. So, yeah, Russ's Real Deal Baseball, available now from Nintendo. Um, so, yeah, that's it, honestly. That is all we have. Um, I managed to talk for an hour by myself. A couple dozen people showed up and eventually some left, but I totally don't fault you at all for that because... It's just one guy. And again, Ravio, he's our sponsor this week. Ravio's Rentals. That game is pretty cool. Uh, next week, uh, Sean, I don't know if Sean will be able to record yet because he's kind of, you know, looking to go back to the States and kind of do some stuff at some point. So he's still kind of in limbo. I think John might be back, but he's also kind of preparing a bunch of internet business elsewhere, um, video stuff and whatnot. So. I wouldn't be surprised if he's, he's going to be busy for a while, but my understanding is he'll be back. Um, and hey, maybe we'll have Odafest reports. I don't know. Uh, Godzilla reports. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, yeah, thanks you guys for coming by. And uh, that was Top Down Perspective for May 12th. I'm probably going to watch some Sopranos or something while I edit. Oh, yeah, bye.